The King's Council community is designed to equip entrepreneurs to operate in excellence through proven God-given templates and kingdom principles. Now, we believe that entrepreneurship is God-given, which is why our mission is to create wealth and provision for the purpose of confirming God's covenant on this earth. So whether you are a new entrepreneur or heck, maybe you're looking to become one, looking to go from employed to deployed, then we have a program for you. Or if you're an existing business leader looking for that tribe or that community to run with to discover what true success and prosperity in life actually is, not just within the financial means, but mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually as well. If you're looking for that purpose, or if you know that God has more purpose for you in the kingdom, then the King's Council is the tribe for you. Like-mindsetted, bold, kingdom leaders on mission, willingly engaging in the battle of business, continually conquering new territories to bring the spoils of the world back into the kingdom. The Kingdom Economy. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we have got a guest speaker on today. Man, I'm just so pumped that, that, that he's here. It's hard for me. We're recording this. I want to say I'm so pumped you're here. I'm so pumped that he's here with us. We actually got to know each other from, I was actually on his podcast, The Essential 11. So if you haven't listened to that thing, make sure that you listen to that. But I'm all about what Mr. Matt Bodro is doing in the marketplace for the next generation and for men to really just help them become the leaders or the next generation to become the leaders that we so badly need. And that's what we're going to wrap about. Is that all right, Matt, if we wrap about that today? I'm excited, man. It's an honor. It's, sure. it's been uh, it's been fun getting to connect a few times here in the last couple of weeks, man. This is great. So oh, yeah, it is it is a pleasure. So fun. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm really excited to to have you on. We just did a call a couple of days ago and it was like, oh yeah, we actually have a podcast yeah. on Monday. So this is great. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. We did that call. And then I saw you on, uh, on Brad's too, you know, and I had just talked to, we had just had Brad leave, had just been on mine. The, I think the week before you came on and he'd poured into the young guys and Brad and I've been talking about some things in business too. So it's cool, man. Just seeing how all these worlds just kind of come colliding together. That is so cool. Small world, yeah. man. It just feels like the older that I'm getting, it's just like, okay, it's, it's so bizarre, but, but it, it is just true. Like, what is it that the cream rises to the crop? Not that we're cream, but it's just like when you're seeking truth and you're, and you're, you're just looking to be around the, the, you know, similar mindseted people, how uh, we just are oftentimes in the same circles. Right. It's exactly. Right. What it is. And when, <laughs> you know, we're on those parallel, those parallel missions, right. You end up seeing those people that are there on those front lines and kind of the, you know, the other people that are tip of the spear and everybody may be coming at it from a different angle, but eventually you kind of start clashing towards the middle and realize, oh, wait, we're kind of going after the same, same sort of target, same sort of thing, man. And it's, it's cool because it just makes all of us better. Yes, man. It does. It really does. And even just having that philosophy or approach of just like iron sharpens iron and, yes, and uh, to be just a continual student is something that I've always committed to of just like, I want to just be around other amazing people like yourself just to, to, you know, continually get better. And so that's, that's what it, we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. That's so, it. That's exactly. <laughs> so you are a, I know your background from just chatting over the last few days and things like that, but just what I'm so excited for is, is really just what you're doing now. But I, as always, we do need to give people a little bit of background on, on what you've got going on. You've been on TEDx, 
You've, you, you coach, you consult, you, you do a lot of things right now, man. So give us a, a quick little version, if you will, of, of yeah. what brought you to this point right now. Yeah, I'll give you kind of the kind of the high level, you know, been in, in education for coming up on two decades now. And, and so that's um, been in that game. And I say game very, very intentionally. I use that word very intentionally. I've been in the game for a long, for a long time and seen it at, at many levels. So we worked at Stanford University for a while, was a public school teacher, public school administrator, private school teacher, private school administrator. Um, so saw all of those things, which is why I left all of those things to start building schools, <laughs> because you know, I was seeing a disconnect based on what I thought we needed for our young heroes and what we were actually providing. And, you know, seeing the the systems and the bickering and, and all the stuff that was going on on the inside that really has nothing to do with young young heroes. I just, for me, it wasn't where I wanted to stay. And I, I applaud, you know, God bless the good people that are uh, good teachers and good administrators still in those systems. I applaud them. My beef was always with the system, you know? So I had started speaking out kind of what I thought, education could look like and should look like for our young heroes. And, and that really it was very interesting because these paths kind of created themselves at the same time. I left all of these traditional schools to simultaneously start building schools. And I mean, K through 12 communities, boys and girls doing education, what I think is, is you know, a better way of doing it, right? Building this other model. But simultaneously, that first TED Talk also kicked off a speaking career. So I was building these schools when I was home, but I was on the road doing, you know, 60 keynotes a year all over the world and working with the biggest companies in the world. And what was getting, the, I got to ask, what was the TED talk about? Like what, how did that launch you into the speaking career? So the TED, the first one that I did, I did one in 2015 and I did another one in uh, 2021. Um, the one in 2015, it was it was really about shifting the paradigm around school. And it was kind of just shining a spotlight on schools that were doing things differently and really trying to educate young heroes and believing kind of in their inherent genius, right? Like the default nature is God creates somebody, that person's default is genius. And so it was schools that are really focusing on that and believing it enough to let that play out versus everybody's got to do same thing, same time. And we're going to beat, you know, these five subjects into them, right? Yep. And so I was highlighting that. And I had an organization that saw that and said, look, we're trying to do a similar mindset shift in kind of the Fortune 500 world. Our clients are everybody under the sun, Amazon, Google, Netflix, Microsoft, uh, you know, Ford, Honda, whatever, you name it, we're working with them. We've got more business than we can handle. If you like our research, would you come take a look at our research and maybe join our team and, and speak and work with these companies on um, understanding generational trends and how to actually find good young people, how to hire them, how to manage them, how to lead them, how to you know understand different points of view from different generational perspectives. And I really like what they were doing. So simultaneously, I took off on this speaking career while building all of these schools. And I did both for quite a while. And I've now gotten to do hundreds of keynotes for organizations all over the world but have now gotten to build a lot of schools too. So I specifically launched three in the Sacramento area of California and our network has launched about 300 over this past decade uh, around the world. And now I get to help entrepreneurs all over the world open these schools. So all of that dovetailed into, you know, doing the opening of these schools and then the programs that we're now building for, for young men, for parents, for men, and, and all of that's kind of come off of that. Yeah. So cool. cool so if you guys don't know, so I was um, invited to speak on the Essential 11 podcast. And, and so if you guys don't know, literally, I didn't actually know that what I was getting onto 
But I got on and there was like, I don't know, 30 other faces staring back at me on the screen. I was like, all right, cool. And it was amazing because what you're, you've put together with this mad was just like these hungry boys, young men that are like, and you know, I applauded them and even, even their parents, if their parents made them be there still great, but it seemed like every single one of them wanted to be there. And the questions that they asked where it just, it really, really encouraged me, man, because it's, it's what I've had that desire for. And it's my, my prayer as of late has been like, God, just align us with the right people that, that have this same mission, this vision, and ultimately this purpose to, to be that lasting legacy, that, that impact that that's going to affect the next generation. And that's really so what you're cool. doing, man. So cool, man. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, again, building all these schools, it's all this stuff has been, has been phenomenal, but I had the opportunity I, with my friend, Tim Kennedy, who a lot of people know who Tim is. He's got a, a huge social media presence and, you know, TV presence was obviously professional athlete and special forces guy. And he's like a real life captain America, you know, and we, he was beating me up in, in Texas and we were working out and, and um, talking about these schools. And I helped him open one of these physical campuses too. But we were talking about the fact that we both have a heart for young men and even though these schools are providing a better educational experience, there is still something missing as far as good men pouring into young men, you know, and at, and at that point I had already had the essential 11 had already been up and running where I was taking questions from young men and young women. We'd done a huge focus group and I was bringing on people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Patrick bet David and Seth Godin and all these legends and, and Gabby Reese. And, you know, I'm asking them these questions from the young people, right? And getting advice there. Well, Tim and I were sitting there going, gosh, man, we both have a network of really, really good men in our lives. What if we developed a program for these young men that is specifically good men mentoring the young men? And then we can incorporate that into the Essential 11 podcast where we're not just asking the standard set of questions that came in through this focus group, but we talk with these guests and then we let the young men ask questions that are really on their mind. It was a natural marriage of that. It was, there was no finagling that had to be done. Um, it works seamlessly with the schools we built, right? So it's all a bunch of different ways to come at the same mission. And um, So it was definitely an honor to have you on and, and having you speak wisdom into these young men and them taking notes. And then they follow up with us on, you know, here's the action items I'm taking because of what Riley said this week, I'm going to go do this. And they've already got their projects and challenges and, I mean, it, it's, uh, I get, I lived a blessed life, man. I mean, I really yeah. do. You know? Yeah. So cool to see that. And even, I think you had made mention of one. So these are kids from all over the country. Just yes, so sir. Yeah, well, global. Yeah. We have a few, we have a few out of country as well, but yes, sir. Primarily awesome. U.S. Mm-hmm. And then you had even made mention of, uh, there was two on the screen in a couple of different towns, I think, but one that was like from California, but flew to see his buddy in Wisconsin or, or something yeah. like they're actually yeah. like the relationships that obviously they're yes. forming with like minded people, which is such a, that's so crucial, at, especially at that age, right? Of that's like, true. who are you surrounding yourself with, which is amazing. So just a shout out, if any of you, what are the age range that you typically work with in this group? Yeah, good question. So we wanted to leave it somewhat ambiguous to start. We've seen where the sweet spot is. So the majority are between like 13 and 19. They're in that range. I know for a fact, we have some that are a little older that are, that are uh, in there. And sometimes they don't jump on the calls, but they're following along because I talked to them too. I mean, we have guys that are 28, 29 police officers, you know, that, so that's, what's kind of um, led us towards, you know, launching the men's component of it too, which we're going through, but that's really kind of 13 to 19. 
So yeah. if, if anybody though that's listening has a 13 to 19 year old mm-hmm. son that wants them to to be a part of a group like this, just to, I, I mean, really the every single person, every single one, first off, uh, acknowledged me by Mr. Meek, thanked me for being there, and then Thank had their question, and then so amazingly thanked me for answering the question. And it was just like stuff that doesn't get taught anywhere else. It should be taught in the home, but then to also have an outside influence to be able to, to actually see there's, you're not the only family doing this. There's other kids, there's other family members that are doing this, which I think is so important. So I just want to throw that out there. Like if, if people want their kiddos to be involved with something like this, where would they go? We're going to throw it right in the middle of this episode. If that's cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. sir. yeah, it's uh, so it's Apogee strong, A P O G E E strong. Dot com, uh, and that's that's the best place to go. And you can get a get a taste if you go into the missions tab. You get a taste of all the uh, you know the the challenges and the projects that these guys take on. The readings that um, that we suggest. We send them workouts. I mean, they've got all of those things. It's a it's a twelve month program for these guys, and every week they're meeting with amazing men like you as well, right? Like, there's no downside, you know, to this. And then, like you said, connecting with these like minded people and the the relationships these guys are creating. Man, these are you know, we use the cliche a lot in culture of, uh, you know, the kids are the future and we're pouring into the future leaders. These kids are our future leaders. And it's no obvious. Doubt. No, right? doubt. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Which is so incredible. Just and, and partly it, it provides me like some, some hope that yes, there are leaders being, being mm-hmm. raised up as well. Right. Yeah. Well, first off, Apogee strong for those that didn't don't know what that means. Cause I didn't know what does that mean? Right. The definition of Apogee. Yeah. So we, we had, um, you know, it was myself and Tim and some other special forces guys, you know, that were kicking around the idea like, okay, what is this? We don't want to talk about being at the pinnacle of something. Cause the reality is we all have so much to learn, but we want to continuously strive. Like, what do we do? So I don't remember. Um, I don't remember how Apogee that word came up. I didn't even know what it meant. Um, as we found it, but one of the guys suggested that and we looked it up and that's what it means, right? It means kind of like approaching the the top of the mountain, approaching the pinnacle. Which, that's where that came from. Which is why I wore this shirt today, bro. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell, so that's beautiful. <laughs> and the A in this one right here yeah. is the same thing. It's and actually so on the back, right? It's on the back of the right? So you got the savage, because we talked to the guys about being the savage and the gentleman. You're going to live your life the majority of the time as the gentleman, right? But you want to be capable and resilient you want to be able to be that savage and that dangerous human if you need to right if it calls for it there's a reason david was the only man ever called you know a man after god's own heart i mean he wasn't a chump you know he was he was a warrior he messed up a lot of things but he was a warrior and he was a leader and so we want to have the ability to do both that's good man opportunity comes to those that are prepared and and that could be mind body all sorts of things. So I, I love that. That that's just like a, a you know, we'll call it a, a core value that that you guys coach on. So amazing. Sure. So so this is for boys, right? We'll call them you know young men. But what's your men's program now that that you'd made mention of? Yeah. So we're gonna have um, something for you know. It's been really cool because we got these young men, and what happens is over the course of this, I get I'll get these messages from the dads too, right? And they're going, hey, by the way. I'm doing these readings too. I'm checking out some of these challenges. I'm doing the workouts with my young men. Hey, you know, when you had Leif Babin on the other day, I was, I'm such a fan. I was in the room. I was just over to the side off the camera, right? 
I have so many of these dads that when we had our physical meetup too, many of the dads came and they're like, Hey, if we ever, you know, if you guys ever decide we're going to do something similar parallel for the dads to be better men, to be better leaders, to be better fathers, to be better husbands, we would love to get involved, you know, with something like that. And so we've just had so much of that over these past 18 months that we went, okay, well, you know, there's, there's a need. So we're doing something very similar, you know, kind of a 12 month program focusing on all the, what we call the F bombs of, you know, faith and fitness and finances and family and freedom. And we're just each month is going to be something different and uh, just focus on helping. Cause again, our mission of building these strong young humans, I know by experience, I can pour into that young human all day. I can pour into that young hero. I can talk growth mindset. I can give them all the tools. I can give her all the tools, whatever that is. But if they go home to a family that is not espousing the same thing, that is not holding that same standard, that doesn't have those values in place, right? Yeah. Well, we we lose. And ultimately that young hero loses. So a part of raising up that generation is ensuring that the parents are also leading by example, somebody's pouring into them so that they, their cup can overflow into that young hero they're raising. Right. And so that's, again, it's all part of the same mission, just trying to come at it from every different angle. Yeah. I love that, man. That's so good. You said that genius that we've all been given and I've oftentimes said, it's that we've got that seed of greatness inside of us, but the, the number one determinant of if that seed ever actually takes root to produce any sort of fruit is what we're surrounding that seed with. And yes, sir. in that home life, as you mentioned, I think that is just so, so crucial, so key in for it to be led by the man, right? Yes, as we're to lead our, our household, that's, that's our calling. That's, that's your duty on, uh, on this earth. One of yes, them is to lead your family and to lead it well. And so incredible. I love the way you said seed too. I like that. As I use that example, a lot of, of, you know, I say, I try to get the parents to understand that the young human that they've been blessed to, to raise it's this flower that is going to grow. Your job as the gardener is not to scream at the flower, beat the flower into submission and go grow, 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 grow flower. Your job is to make sure the environment's right. Make sure the soil's right. Make sure the sun's right. Make sure the water's right. Because if you make sure the environment's right, well, what's the flower going to do? It's going to grow because it can't do anything else. That's what it's meant to do. And that's what, that's the charge we have with these young humans we get to raise. So good. Love it, man. I love it. That's your, your leadership, your mentorship program. You're building these schools, man. And this fascinates me because this, I I love everything that you're doing. And this is what we've been talking about implementing the King's Academy into the King's Council, uh, just because there's such a need for it. But we even have people within our, our community that have, are building schools, just knowing like, I mean, doesn't take a rocket scientist to know like the school system is pretty jacked up right now and has been for quite some time. And just to, to, again, just to, to know you, who's really taken the bull by the horn, so to say, to do something about it, I think is just what's so great about what you guys are doing. So you said there's a few hundred of these schools now. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's about 300 of us globally, 26 countries, I believe 41 41 states. Those numbers might be a little off, but they're pretty darn close. So, I mean, it really is a network of entrepreneurs and parents who are, again, yeah, taking the bull by the horns, right? There's, you know, we have 11 rules in our house that we have uh, on the wall and they're really our set values that our family lives by. And rule number six for us is no complaining, fix it. So I was in the, you know, the, the game long enough to see that there are these issues 
And I could either complain and go, oh, I wish this was, or this should be, or, uh, and send my kids to that and bicker and, or I can build what they need. Right. And that's, that was, that was a thing. So we decided to build. Um, And that's, that's what this group is. It's a, it's a group committed to building something better. So, so amazing, man. You have zero right to complain about what you allow in your life. And so many people are, are choosing to be that victim or what I've even had times in my life of just like, you know, what can I do about it? Who am I? And it's like, if not you, then freaking who, who right? That's right. Then who? And so I love that not only are you building them, but you are providing an opportunity for others to build as well. So listen up here, King's Council community. If you feel like God's got this tug on your heart of like to do something about this, Mm -hmm. this is a solution. This is a way that you can actually be a local impact in your community by having one of these schools. And I say by having one, because it's really, I mean, there's obviously a ton involved with this map, but this is affordable, man. You, you, when I thought of like the undertaking of a school, I was like, man, this is gonna be millions of dollars. And no, no, no. You guys have made this affordable with the true curriculum. That is, it's an accredited school. It's, it's literally everything that you would think of in a school. It's literally opposite of what you would think of in a school. Yeah. But the, the, the basics of you're getting a true education, you're still getting reading, writing, everything along those lines, right. but it's not from an indoctrination standpoint of, taking the creativity side out of our young leaders, uh, which yes. is what you guys do so well, right? Talk That's to us more exactly. about this, man, because I, I get jacked up about this. <laughs> it is the best. And so what, what I try to get people to understand is I refer to schooling in our country as, as a religion in and of itself. And what I mean by that is we have been trained as a culture to have a very strong emotional attachment to what I call conveyor belt schooling, schooling that likely if you're listening to this, you went to the same kind of school I went to, whether it was a public school, whether it was a private school, it pretty much looked the same. You talked to people that were your same age, you were in a specific grade, you had a teacher that told you what to do, when to do it, what to say, when to say it, how to regurgitate information, right? It's this, it's what we think of when we think of school. And that served a small purpose for a small amount of time. The problem is the world has changed obviously. And this has not. And so schooling itself is a system, whereas education is something that is synonymous with growth, with life, with moving forward, period. They are not the same thing. So when we're talking about what we are launching, we're launching something that people need to get their mind around what it actually produces first. Because while I'm with you that I don't love the indoctrination that's happening in, in our schools, right? And I've, I saw this, this is something that has been on its way for a long time. So by the way, if some of the parents are like, oh, we'll just ride out this indoctrination thing, it'll be over soon. It won't be over. This is going to continue. So just understand that that is something that you, and you're not going to change it by going and arguing with the school boards and you know, they don't have power anyways. So this is something that's just going to continue there. My bigger beef with the system is actually not even as much of the indoctrination on like the political and and racial and sexual side, huge issues. The problem is the indoctrination around the bad habits you develop over the course of 12 years. These are habits that don't transfer over to the real world. They're habits that don't benefit anybody. And they're a sneaky sort of habit because you don't realize it. I posted something yesterday on like Stephen Covey's seven habits, right? Of of highly successful people. But then the seven habits you need to be successful at school and they're the opposite. Yeah. 
They're the opposite. To be successful at school, you actually do the opposite of the things that make you successful at life in a lot of ways. So what we're doing is we're taking opportunity for real education. Yes, you still get all the basic academic stuff, but these young heroes learn to take on massive amounts of responsibility. They learn that character matters. They learn how to have civil discourse and not get emotionally distraught if somebody disagrees with them. They understand how to genuinely express what they believe. They understand how to genuinely listen to another side. They understand how to think through their own ideas, change their mind if better evidence is presented. They understand how to collaborate around a real-world project to find an outcome. They understand how to have a hard conversation if somebody is not living up to the character contract that's there. They understand that they're personally responsible for their own, you know, uh, their own outcomes, that they're exactly where they have decided to be. They understand how to lead. They understand how to manage other people. They understand how to communicate effectively, whether that's orally or written. You know, they just, it's all of the things that actually transfer. So when people ask me, well, what is the curriculum you guys use? I always tell them the curriculum is self-awareness and self-confidence. That's the curriculum. Self-confidence because they've actually done some hard things. They've taken on some challenges and it's, and they understand how to be resilient and come back to that. And they know that they can figure something out, especially as things continue to change. They know they can learn whatever they want to learn. They also know they can unlearn something that is no longer relevant. And then it's self-awareness because they've actually tried so many things that they can actually speak to, well, here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I don't want to do. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Right. So it's a whole different system to incorporate those values for these young heroes. Man, it, if you guys aren't uh, fired up listening to this, like I'm sitting here going just like, yes, 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 yes. This is, is such a need. And man, I, what was our, our call last week? You shared with me, I don't remember what it was. You People were just coming in to witness these, these young oh, kids yeah. like, without a teacher, right? And, and yeah. they actually just how they delegated. Yes. Could you share that, man? Because that, yeah, that was for just sure. so cool to me. And, and I think this helps, it helps people understand the mindset too, right? So yeah. if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, what do you, you know, because when I start saying things like we want no, we want the adults to be irrelevant, people automatically go, oh, okay, well, this is some sort of crazy mumbo jumbo, whatever. <laughs> so here's what I want people who hear this. Here's what I want you to think. I want you to start out with this mindset. If you're a parent, your job as a parent is to provide all of the tools for this young person so that that person eventually does not need you for survival, right? They can thrive without you. It doesn't mean you end the relationship. Of course, you want to have a continuous relationship with your son or your daughter, but you don't want them at 25 having to live in your house, having to be in your basement, having you to take care of them financially. You want them to have the sovereignty to do that on their own and still have the relationship, right? So our schools are built the same way. We have adults there, of course, but our job is to, again, create that environment where ultimately the heroes, the young people start taking on so much of the day-to-day responsibility of the learning and the processes and the running of the business itself, of the school, running the community, that the adults can then step back and just kind of watch and then interject where something needs to be interjected as like a project manager kind of deal, right? Or as a instigator to higher level thinking or, or whatever that looks like. So I was giving you the example of, of, you know, so we had some universities early on come and, and take a look at some of our students. And they were looking in a studio of what we call our spark studio, like five, six and seven year olds. 
are in that in that age range. And I said, well, this is kind of the responsibility that we like at this point, they all have jobs in there. They all have responsibilities. So I said, I want you guys to come out and watch. And I took the other adults out, the guides that we, you know, that work with me. And so I pulled them out, said, all right, let's watch. And what ends up happening inevitably is you have somebody who is keeping track. So you have a six-year-old that's like, oh, hey guys, it's nine o'clock time to circle up. Everybody circles up. They start looking each other in the eye. Good morning, Riley. Riley says, good morning, Matt. They shake hands. Riley turns around. Good morning, Jennifer. Jennifer says, good morning, Riley. Jennifer turns and goes, good morning, Tina. Tina says, good morning, Jennifer. Right. And it just goes around in that circle. Then they have a seat. And then you've got a a seven-year-old. It's like, okay, so our prompt for this morning, you know, the Socratic conversation is going to be, is going to be this. So I'm going to pose the question is who's going to be the timekeeper. I'll be the timekeeper. Who's going to be the fact checker. I'll be the fact checker. Okay, great. Who's going to make sure we're all concise in our statements, right? Because they've got rules of engagement of what a good conversation looks like. And these professors were in awe because they were running the show. And they ran through this Socratic conversation, had a conversation where they weren't jumping on each other's toes. They weren't goofing around. They were just getting stuff done, making decisions. And then somebody goes, okay, guys, that's time. It's time to now we got to buddy up. We're going to set our intentions, set our goals for the day. And we're going to jump into our, our core skills, which is their academic time. And so they buddied up. They made sure they had goals set. They set their goals in a, a platform that the parents can actually go in later and go see that platform as well. Other people can see it so they can hold each other accountable to those goals. And they started getting after it. The adult, they didn't even notice that the adult wasn't in the room or, or they did, but they didn't care because they're like, hey, this is just what we do. Yeah. So amazing. that's a microcosm of the entire school. This is, is so incredible, guys, because you, if you think about this, this is exact opposite of what normally takes place in, in the school system, which right. I've talked about this a, a fair amount and just that, you know, the school system, schooling does a great job at creating an employee mindsetted person. And I don't say that in like an, in a negative way, but it is. You know, when the bell rings, you sit down. When the bell rings again, you get your 20-minute recess or your water break, right? Like they they literally, they're not even bashful if you actually read the history of this, of the right. reason why there's plenty of books that have explained what they've intentionally done because 200, 300 years ago, the school system was not like this, right? It was like you, you had a one-house school system for a period of time. And by the time you're in like seventh grade, You've either started a business or you're farming, right? And it's just like what's taken place was was really, uh, you know, I, I've called it indoctrination, but it is really just the desire for the need for employees to do what we say, not to think creatively or to actually work together for the the common good for something, which is just amazing. Yeah, man. So I I get so fired up about this. Our listeners are they're entrepreneurs. I'm excited. Like, okay, I'm in, I'm in Minnesota right now. I looked it up. There isn't a school here. Right. Yep. So comes back to then like, am I going to be a victim or right. what, can, let's come with solutions. How do we figure this out? Should, can yeah. we start a school? If, if we do, what does that take? Because that seems like I got a lot of other things going on. I don't feel like that's in my, my realm yeah. of you know, time that I could do. Yeah. Something. So what does that process look like with you guys? It's a great question. And, and I like that you said, it's not necessarily within my realm of time versus that's not in my, you know, wheelhouse in terms of like, I've never been a teacher. So I yeah. want, again, we're building true educational environments that are these communities run by young heroes, teachers, 
traditionally would have a very difficult time doing this because they've been taught to perpetuate the school system. So, you know, parents are hearing this and they're entrepreneurial and they've got their own kids, but they're like, oh, but I'm not a teacher. Good. That's good. That would be a hindrance. That would actually be hard for you. Right. So, you know, what we're, what we're essentially looking for is we've got kind of a small filtering system to, to bring people in. So over the course of the last decade or so, we've had about 18,000 applications come across for people that are saying they want to potentially open these that have come through the first, the first stage. And so it's a three-step process. And again, some of those 18,000 are probably looky-loos. And so they just apply to the first part and then they never go on to the second part or they apply and they get intimidated. Some are people that don't necessarily fit, just don't fit the bill. Um, and they're looking for a little more of a franchise model, although there is there are elements of that. Um, some people are looking to make a quick buck and they don't really care. And that's not what we're looking for either. We're looking for people who are mission-driven on this. So there's a three-step process of figuring out who you are and you figuring out who we are as a network. And really, we're just looking, do you have some entrepreneurial chops and desire? Do you have kids of your own? Because that's a really strong why. And you got you know, kind of a, a, an idea that you really want to do this and you believe in the genius of young people. If you don't believe in the genius of young people, and then it's not going to work either. But if you go through this application process, come out the other side, it is a one-time licensing and IP buy-in of 15 grand. And that may be the only money you ever spent. Wow. So wildly affordable, right? That automatically gets you access to everything we do. Every system, every giant project, every small personalized project, every creation, every conversation we ever had. Like it is enough information to be able to plug and play how to train your guides. Like there's enough information in there to plug and play for a decade without having to really even create anything on your own. You get access to all that. You get access to the forum that connects you to every other owner around the world, every other guide around the world. It is this ever-evolving network of people helping other people do this really well. Uh, and I haven't seen anything like it in education. So you you know, you know buy in there. Um, and then your job is to really find the right community, find the people that understand the goal, understand the mission, get a community of like-minded, awesome humans. And you can start this out of a church. You can start it out of some people, depending on the laws in your state, some people started out of their house. Some people started out of a, you know, a commercial building that they rent. Some people started outside at a flipping park. Like you can start this really anywhere. It's about building the right community and outgrowing your spaces. It's kind of that old CrossFit model, right? Of sure. like outgrow your box and then you got to get a bigger one. Kind of, it's the same thing. Yeah. Once you get big, you know, we started at this little building out by a park you know, and, and now have, you know, $10 million worth of real estate with multiple campuses in, in California because we just kept outgrowing it. Wow. That's amazing, man. What I'm hearing you say is, is action brings clarity. And the yes, fact sir. that sometimes you just got to, if you know, like, this is something you want to do, just take the step and, and that will produce, you know, a, an open door or a closed door. Right. And it's like, it just take the step and take the yeah. Fire aim, fire aim ready, man. It's not ready, aim fire. It's fire aim fire ready. Aim ready. Oh, I love it. Explain that to me, man. Cause people are going to be like, huh? So this is what, you know, and I, and I talk about this with our young men, especially incessantly, but I talk it to the parents around this too, but you know, it's, it's what you were saying, right? Action is what breeds clarity. We have a tendency to excuse away a lot of times our calling, excuse away, we're, we're Noah and God's going, hey man, I need you to build the boat and you want to 
take your time to think of all the excuses why you probably shouldn't be building the boat. You want to research all the different kinds of wood. You want to really talk about, oh, what's I'm going to forecast how expensive is wood going to get? You know what? I better put together a couple of business plans and go see if I can get some funding for the wood. Like we like to overanalyze rather than taking some action, rather than going, all right, I'm going to get some wood, some nails, and I'm just going to start freaking building. And as I start building, then all of a sudden I'm going to get a little more clarity on what I'm doing, what the right is, right thing is, what the wrong thing is. And now I can start to narrow my focus a little bit. You know what? I need more of this kind of wood. I need these kind of tools. I'm going to need this kind of time, but I can't really aim and focus until I've started the action. Otherwise it's kind of fake. I'm kind of like giving myself an out. Right. And so it's the same sort of thing. I tell our young men, fire aim ready. I want you to take action on this project even before you fully understand what it is. And then you'll gain clarity as you're taking action. So for these parents, you know, I I always say, look, the only thing I need to do prior to, I recommend reading Courage to Grow. It's a phenomenal book by Laura Sandifer, talks about our network and really our beliefs. You know, if you want to connect with me, I'm glad to connect and give you kind of the an overview, see where your mindset's at, help you out, read some other books that can maybe help you depending on what's going on. But then you apply and then you start going down that road. Um, and if you get accepted, you start talking to people and you just start building the community by looking for like-minded people who believe. We need you, I don't need you to believe in these schools. I need you to believe in the young people God's given you. Mm, I don't good. need you to believe me. I don't need you to believe the schools. I don't need you to believe in Apogee. I don't need you to believe in it. I need you to believe in those young people. If you believe in them, well, then you might be in the right place. Man, that's so good. Uh, that's good, dude. I, I feel like it can be one of those things where it can be overwhelming. If you look at the, I'm sure you've experienced this, where it's just like the task at hand can be overwhelming, right? And it's just like, how, where do we even start? What, what's next? Um, but the cool thing is, is that, you know, for those listening that you're not alone, right? And you don't have to go, go through it alone if that's, that's your right. heart. And also this as an entrepreneur, naturally, I understand this is going to come to your brain because this came to my brain. It was my, one of my first questions to Matt was, is this solely about mission or do people actually make money with this too? Yeah. Ken, because everything that we do, I, I want to, I believe that we can, and we should create money. There should be margin in what we have so yeah. I can continue to give and pour back into it. And these That's things right. can be profitable, huh? These, they can be profitable as well. That's right. I agree with you. I, you know, it's people love to, they think they're quoting the Bible and they say, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. Or, or they, when they say money is the root of all evil, but it's really the love of money. Right. And so there is nothing against wealth. Solomon is one of the you know, wealthiest people that, that ever lived, especially at that time. Right. And, and so there's nothing against that because it allows you to do more good things. So, yes. you know, the downside of any kind of privatized, true privatized education, the downside is always the cost because some people either think they can't afford it or some people truly can't afford it. Right. But if we're able to go build something that is effective and really works for these young heroes, and oh, by the way, we can drive our costs per learner down to $1,500 to $2,000 a year. That's not, what, that's not necessarily what we have to charge tuition at, but we drive our cost per learner, right? Where your public schools are spending you know, nine grand, 10 grand per student. We're spending one and a half, two grand, two, you know, two and a half grand, for far better outcomes, well, then you've got this profit margin. And part of what you can do with that is to continue to build, continue to tell these stories, 
And then you can start to do things like scholarship, young men and women that would never have this experience. They would never have been able to afford it any other way. And now you can impact them when you wouldn't be able to impact them before too, right? So there's nothing wrong with making that profit because you can do all of those good things with it. So yeah, it's, if you're not, like I always say, there's no such thing as a nonprofit business. If you're nonprofit, it means you're out of business. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you go broke real quick with that hobby. There's no, that's right. That's right. That's called donating. That's right. Yes, exactly. I yep. love it, man. What was the, the book you had said? Courage to Grow? Yes, sir. That's correct. Courage to Grow by Laura Sandifer. A quick read, inspiring read, all about specifically about this network and and kind of what we do and what we believe. So that's the best best book to go to know specifically about this. Amazing, man. Mm -hmm. I would love to have you if you're open to it. Every Monday, we do a live group. We call it our Monday growth calls. uh, Members of the King's Council come on live, kind of like I don't record a podcast. Maybe I should implement that to yeah. Use make better use of my time. <laughs> but we Good. come on and would love to have you come on and share, man, with our we have people all over the country that that log into this, all kingdom entrepreneurs. So it'd be um, my honor, man. I, you, I, let's just get it on the yeah, just get on the calendar, man. Anytime. I'm glad to. It reminds me. So tonight we have do you know Kyle Thompson? So he's got a podcast called The Undaunted Life. And okay. he was actually just out with Tim in DC a few weeks ago. So I'm like, maybe there's- a That's so funny, man. Yeah. So I have him speaking on tonight's call. This is a Monday, of course, we're recording this, but he's he's a, he's a really cool dude. So I'll have a connection here. Okay. Yeah, that's very cool. I'll have to, and I'll have to look him up too. So right on, Matt. Well, this has been awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to have you on a future growth call with us then. And uh, for those, again, that want to know more about the, the, there's the Essential 11 podcast. There's Apogee sure. Strong. What are the yes. actual URLs or, or where can we go to, to know more? I appreciate that very much. Yeah, Essential 11 is the podcast. And we had some uh, some censorship things where it took down about 100 or so of, of our episodes. And so but we have fought uh, valiantly to get those <laughs> back up. God forbid we pour into young people. So, right. um, so uh, yeah, so... The essential. So we got old episodes even coming back up now, which is kind of funny. So the essential eleven is the podcast, but yeah, Apogee Strong, A P O G E E Strong dot com, and then the schools themselves are under the actonacademy.org. So A C T O N academy.org. Uh, and you can see what we're doing with the K through 12 physical campuses for boys and girls. Amazing. Oh, it's boys and girls. Those campuses are boys and girls. Yes, sir. The physical campuses are boys and girls. Yep. Awesome. I wanted I yeah. wanted to make note of that then because I did not know that. So make sure all of yes, our sir. listeners know that those physical yes, campuses sir. are boys and girls. Wow. Those physical campuses are boys and girls. That's right. And again, I, you know, I had to build the first one. My two oldest are girls. I got two girls and a boy. And um, I wanted a place where they were all going. So yeah, those are those are young men and young women at those campuses. Yes, sir. All right. Then I got to revisit this with uh with my yes, wife sir. and I, my 10-year-old. So we'll, we'll yes, sir. That's right. And that's right. You have one that's right in between my my two girls are 11 and nine. So that's right. You have one right in between. Right on, Matt. Well, we'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes as well. Do yourself a favor, guys, and, and tune into the Essential 11 podcast. And really, truly, if there's something that's like tugging on your heart or you're just feeling like, man, I got to do my part or what what can I do to, to be that lasting impact or that, that legacy into this next generation, then seriously, seriously, pray about it and take a look at this and uh, do your part. Matt, been been great to have you on the show, brother. Really appreciate it. Always an honor, sir. Honor's always mine. Let's see it. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.